Hey everyone, another fine day for a podcast. And it is a fine day because we're going to talk about pirates. And I'm not talking about hire-me-hearty kind of pirates. Okay, you ask, where did it happen? So you want to know where they hung out? Listen up. Well, it was in Savannah, Georgia, when Savannians had had enough of the things pirates do. And they ended up in a Donnybrook. And now your next question is, did the Americans lose the fight? Or did the pirates get their booties washed and buckled by some ticked-off southern boys? Stick around, and I'll give you my take on it. I'm J.D. Bias. Welcome to History by GPS, where you travel through history and culture, GPS location by GPS location. So follow along on your favorite map app. You can find the transcriptions of the show and the coordinates of where these events happened at our website, historybygps.com. That way you can follow along as the story goes. If you've ever visited Savannah, Georgia and walked along the t-shirt and trinket-laden thoroughfare called River Street, the way many, if not most folks who have visited the city have done, then you have stepped across some very historic ground that few people know about. In this episode, we travel to an incident where during a week in mid-November 1811, the entire city of Savannah, Georgia was enraged and the city was in chaos. That was when American sailors and citizens of the town grabbed any weapon they could find and marched down to the waterfront to kick some French pirate booty. And I don't mean the gold doubloon kind of booty. The location is where Savannah's Drayton Street ramp runs under the old Cotton Exchange building and, and it intersects with the city's famous River Street. So grab your pencil and paper, or if you're driving, never mind, just listen. Okay, the decimal coordinates are 32.081384 degrees by negative 81.089784 degrees. And remember, if you can't write it down, don't worry. Uh, you can find this on the website, like I said. As I mentioned, the events we're looking at today happened in mid-November 1811. It's when French pirates decided to hide and wait for a group of locals who were coming to haul them off to jail. But to explain, these were not the first pirates that sailed in and around southeast Georgia. This incident was almost two centuries after the golden age of piracy back in the 1600s, back when Blackbeard and Captain Kidd haunted the waters of the Atlantic a dozen or so miles down the river. The generation who did navigate these waters on the eastern seaboard and of the Caribbean had always threatened the young colony after it was established in 1733, and piracy was always a problem. So much so that in the colony's early days, the Lord Governor of Georgia pleaded the king for protection from pirates and privateers who stalked the cargo ships coming and going from Savannah. What he asked for was a 40-foot square fort to be built on Cockspur Island. Back then it was called Peeper's Island. And the money was supplied. The stronghold was then named for King George II, the king who gave the money. 
It stood near the lighthouse that divides the north and south channels of the river at Fort Pulaski National Monument at the mouth of the Savannah River. Now, back to 1811 and the Drayton Street ramp. At that time, wooden two-story buildings stood on each side of the roadway. Those old buildings burned down in the mid-1800s and were replaced with the ones that are standing there now. If you happen to visit Wet Willie's Bar, you'll be on the spot where the pirates once hid. Today, the site is almost cavernous because the street has been covered by the old Cotton Exchange building and the walkway that connects it to the top of the bluff. But back then, it was a simple, narrow, open thoroughfare. After arming themselves, the pirates slithered into the rooms that overlooked the street and waited. As the armed mob entered the passageway, they sprung from their hiding places and started firing, catching the Americans off guard. The fighting spread from between the buildings down to the flat wood-planked area that made up Ancho's Wharf at the water's edge. That's when things got really rough. The main battle took place on the ground that today is River Street and the flat across the plaza over to the water line. Before we go on, I have to explain, as I said, these were pirates, but they were technically French privateers, but pirates nonetheless. See, they were in cahoots with the French government with an agreement to go to sea and attack France's enemies. They would bring the king whatever they captured and they would split their booty. Um, I might add that splitting your booty sounds a bit painful to me. Anyway, also go to historybygps.com where you'll find other GPS locations mentioned in this episode. You'll also find our merchandise and books. We have cups, t-shirts, and other things that highlight this episode, as well as Savannah merchandise. Okay, back to the booty boys. As I said, a privateer was a pirate ship that was contracted to a government to harass enemy merchant vessels. And warships, if they were brave enough. We, the Americans... And the British had them too. In fact, just about all of the nations, and especially the powerful nations, had them back then. Now, what complicated the situation in Savannah? See, the French had helped us, we the Americans, we the United States, in our revolution against Great Britain a few years before. Then to further complicate the issue, the French and the new United States had recently fought the Quasi-War, in which the very powerful French Navy, who felt that we owed them, had a habit of boarding American vessels and forcing the crew members to serve on French ships. U.S. President John Adams felt that we did owe them, but we didn't owe them our sailors. As a result, fighting between the U.S. and the French navies escalated into an undeclared war, a quasi-war. You have to understand that the Brits were still our enemies at that time. In fact, the following year, the British attacked the United States and started the conflict that we appropriately call the War of 1812 now. You remember, British marched into Washington, D.C. and burned the White House, just as Dolly Madison grabbed the painting of George Washington and threw it into the carriage and got out of Dodge, or so we've been told. Oh. By the way, if you have any information you want to give, like your opinion, 
on this topic, please uh, put in the comments on the website. I'd love to hear from you. And yes, I know Dolly probably didn't personally grab the painting and throw it at her buggy, but it's a good story, and eh, that's why it's still around. So, back in Savannah. At the same time as the aforementioned fight, the French were at war and fighting with the British, as they were <laughs> most of history. Therefore, French ships were allowed into American ports for repairs and supplies. There at Anshul's Wharf, which was later called Wood's Wharf, two French boats, the La Franchise and the La Vigeance. Now, I missed school the day that we studied French, so I don't know if I pronounced those correctly, but close enough anyway, I guess. The French ships were in port to load supplies and get repairs and let the French crewmen blow off a little steam. But these guys blew off a little too much steam. They did not have the most honest of officers leading them either. The ship captain of the La Franchise was rumored to have connections to the famous pirate brothers, Jean and Pierre Lafitte, who, by the way, helped Andrew Jackson win the Battle of New Orleans a few years later. Now, again, some explanation is needed. I call them French crewmen. See, some of the officers were French, but the crew members were a blend of Italian, Venetian, Sicilian, and Portuguese. There may have been a couple of French citizens in the mix. Whatever they were, they went too far. And the beginning blows of the fight started near the western edge of town. Several armed pirates attacked three or four unarmed American sailors who were, shall we say, visiting ladies who lived in a rougher part of town along Indian Street. People from Savannah generally know what that area of town used to be. So later the same night, the pirate crewmen returned to visit the ladies, and another scuffle ensued, whereupon they killed a young American sailor, Jacob Taylor. It's said that they viciously beat him with clubs and slashed him to death with their sabers. Other American sailors were attacked in similar manners. According to one report, the pirates took Taylor's body and dumped it in a nearby square. That was, that was probably Franklin Square, which is on the edge of City Market. Today, you can visit Jacob Taylor's headstone on the back wall of the Colonial Park Cemetery a few blocks away. Now, his father laid out the details of his death when he had the following chiseled into the monument, and I quote, reading here, in memory of Jacob R. Taylor, son of John P. Taylor of Philadelphia, a youth of exemplary department, conciliating manners and promise. Uh, the kid was killed in a brawl in a, ho in a house of ill repute. Anyway, continuing on. Let's see, conciliating manners and promise, who in the 19th year of his age, when unarmed and peaceably walking the streets of Savannah. Okay, okay, I'm a father, I understand. Uh, he probably was with some street walkers. He wasn't walking the street, but that's beside the point. Uh, let's where I was. I where was I here? Uh, was on the evening of the 11th of November, 1811, attacked and inhumanely decimated by an armed band belonging to the crew of the French privateers La Vigeance and La Franchise. 
And he goes on with Rust Infinite Youth from my friends and, and stuff you would hear in the uh, mid-1800s. As a result of the assault and murder, city police officers walked down to the wharf, boarded the two ships, arrested the crew members, and hauled them off to jail to sort out the details. Well, the next day, most of the crew members were allowed to return to their ships. However, seven privateers were held for further questioning. Later, there was even more bloodshed. On the morning of November 15th, one observer wrote that the incident threw the entire city into ferment, which is not good unless you're making wine, beer, or sauerkraut. So the entire city was enraged. A large group of American sailors and city residents picked up any weapons they could find, clubs, hatchets, axes, meat cleavers, muskets, and some even had swords. Then they unfurled their American flag and marched en masse to the wharf, carrying two hogsheads of whoop-ass. We talked about hogsheads another episode. When they arrived, that's when the pirates were waiting in ambush. As the group advanced down the steep, sandy slope, the pirates fired their muskets from the windows and lost catching the Americans off guard. During the fighting, several men on both sides died. An American ship's captain named Miller was blinded after being shot from the side when a musket ball took out his eyes and the bridge of his nose. Interestingly, he survived, though a bit worse for the wear. After the initial ruckus, the Savannah group, in unison, screamed what we in the South now call a rebel yell and stormed the Frenchies and Vengeance. Then they tore down the French banner and replaced it with the American flag. While that was happening, the stabbing and slashing and blades of the American forces forced many of the privateers overboard and into the Savannah River. Then the Americans cut the anchor lines holding the boats and began destroying the rigging of the ship as the two boats drifted with the tide. Now, by this time, the alarm in the city was ringing. Other men from town scurried around as drums pounded the alert. City Mayor William Bullock arrived shortly after with Savannah's military units in tow, the Volunteer Guard and the Republican Blues. Complicating it more, other pirates, who happened to be in other parts of town, ran back to the wharf to see what was going on and found themselves in another wasp's nest of angry citizens. Eventually, the mayor and his troopers gained enough control to protect the French crewmen on board, as well as other wet, cold, and shaking pirates who had crawled stumbling out of the Savannah River. Then he marched the entire group to city jail. The Savannah Volunteer Guard boarded the ships to protect them from the Americans often at the points of their bayonets. But about eight hours later, a group of Americans went upstream, set fire to a flatboat, and released it to drift down the tide and into the French ships. By this time, the soldiers were worn out from repelling previous attempts at boarding, so they decided enough was enough and abandoned the ships. But I suspect they really didn't give a rip if the boats were destroyed or not. After all, the crew had killed Americans. And with that, the Lavangeants and the Frenchies were torched and they burned down to the waterline. In doing so, the fire and subsequent sinking ruined and scattered the French vessel's rich cargo that included gold coins, expensive dye, dry goods, and a few other things. 
Kind of makes me want to buy some scuba gear. As for the pirates, a couple of days later, it was summed up by one American newspaper editor when he published an editorial, and I quote, we have never witnessed more unanimity of feeling than on this occasion. They talked funny back then, didn't they? We sincerely hope that the peace of the city will not again be disturbed and that such wretches as compose the crews of the pirates will not be allowed an opportunity again, shedding the blood of our citizens and drawing down the American vengeance on their head. So the Americans brought vengeance on the La Vengeance, and the La Franchise was no longer a franchise, and both boats went to the bottom of the Savannah River. In other words, that editor was saying, this is not a quote, of course, we are delighted that we kicked French pirate booty, and he wasn't talking buried treasure. So, if you didn't already know this story, now you know. Don't forget to check out our books and merchandise on HistoryByGPS.com, and we will see you next time. Bye.